0: Today is August 28th, 2021. This is episode 136 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right. Welcome back to another episode. This is taking place on uh like I said, August 28th. This is one week into my parental leave. The first time I've ever making taken advantage of parental leave. Um, and the weeks are going fast. Like I I do miss work, but but the weeks are moving really, really fast. And um the other thing that, that obviously gives evidence of that is the fact that we are, this is going to be week two of my Vote Compass kind of walkthrough. Um, the federal election is also coming up really fast. Um, I am basically, my my parental leave basically covers like 80 to 90% of the, <laughs> the entire election campaign. I was joking. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode, but I was like, I can run for office. If I ran for office um, right now, today for federal office somewhere, whatever. Um, I would know whether I won or not before I came back from parental leave, and I was only taking five weeks. And I'm pretty sure it was announced like the day I left, or like shortly before I left, or something. Anyways, um, quite funny. So today I'm going to be going through um, last episode. I went through propositions one through six, and these are just in the order that I saw them um, of the vote compass for 2021 from CBC. And today I'm going to be going through um, propositions seven through twelve. Again, these are the order that I saw them. So. You might see them in a different order um feel free to click through click around if you um if you're doing the vote compass basically the the goal here um for those of you that didn't listen last week is that i'm going through the propositions um discussing what i my my own opinion on them um what i picked on the vote compass as well as kind of discussing the questions a little bit whether i think they're good questions or statements or whatever um or whether i think that they're one of them because a lot of them can use a lot more background and and i just want to kind of talk through what I think the background would should be, um, if you're going to include it, and you know why I think the question is more complicated than these short, simple statements that a lot of them are. Okay, and so the first thing we're going to talk about today is um, illicit drugs. The proposition, proposition seven on my on my quiz was Canada should decriminalize possession of illicit drugs for personal use, and I put that I strongly agree with this statement. Um, this is actually one of the questions. There's not very many of them on the vote compass, but this is one question that effectively doesn't need any more um like it could use back could use background information talking about what the the laws and and policies around illicit drug use are um and you know what the what the what is criminal about possessing them but um kind of on its own it does work pretty well as a statement without any additional background information and so like i said i put strongly agree um, yeah obviously if you're trafficking illicit drugs that's that's a problem um but i don't think possession i don't think holding them holding you know small amounts that that wouldn't make reasonable sense to to be trafficking um to use them personally like while it is not good i don't think it's good to be using illicit drugs um i also don't think that we should just like charge people with crimes because they were using illicit drugs i think that um, there's a preponderance of evidence that I don't need to go into. I have nothing, I have no connection to the drug world to, to have evidence to support this, but from everything that I've read and seen, um, you know, focusing on rehabilitation when it, when you're treating addiction and illicit drug use seems very clearly to be the right answer. Um, in terms of, in terms of getting these people, what they need, like what they need is not time in jail or time in corrective services, whatever it is, what they need is rehabilitation. And so charging people for possession of illicit drugs doesn't do anything. It just basically punts the problem down the line to the next system that they, that these people have to deal with. And, um, we should face up and help the people in that kind of situation. Um, because, you know, it can happen to a lot of different kinds of people for a lot of different kinds of reasons. And so I don't think that we should hold these people responsible for, for doing something that they felt was necessary in their life. And, um, like I said, they're not hurting anybody else in doing this. Obviously, if you do hurt somebody else in doing this, that is a crime. Um, but possession of illicit drugs itself is not hurting anybody else. And, um, and so that's how I feel about it. But I am curious to see if you have a, if you have different thoughts that I hadn't considered um, as part of this, happy to hear about it. So let me know. OK, proposition eight. Next one that I had here was um, so the proposition is Canada's laws against hate speech place too many limits on freedom of expression. Now, this could use some context. Um, This could use some more information because honestly, not being a lawyer, not being like a freedom of speech expert, not being somebody who goes to these rallies um, in favor of free speech, I'm not a Jordan Peterson fan. Um, I put that I strongly disagree with this because I do know that there are laws, um, you know, protecting the freedom of expression, but that those laws do have limits when it comes to hate speech. And um, I can't think of a possible reason why hate speech should be more protected than it is, um, you know, there are obviously limits to what would be punishable um, when it comes to hate speech. Um, but I, I can't see any reason why those would be, you know, too, um, too protective of hate speech because there's no real good reason to, to to speak hate speech. So why does it need to be protected? This makes no sense to me. Um, seems pretty clear that any decent person would strongly disagree with the fact that hate speech should be more protected. Okay, Proposition 9, this is a big one. And I grew up in Alberta, so I should know that Proposition 9 is no new oil pipelines should be built in Canada. Now, I strongly agree with this statement. And um, I think, honestly, this is one, again, it could use context, but it's pretty decent on its own in that um, it's kind of a declarative statement. It's not like should do something more or something less. And um, yeah, so I don't think new oil pipelines should be built in Canada. Obviously, we have this natural resource in 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 relative abundance in some places in Canada, especially in Alberta. but a lot of times it's not really in abundance, and it's kind of hard to get out of oil sands, for example and so I honestly don't think that we need any oil pipelines. I think if we have oil in the I mean, we have oil in the ground in in Canada, I don't think we should be building pipelines. I don't think we should be doing more investing more money subsidizing more development to extract more oil or any oil from the Canadian landscape. I think that we should leave it where it is. We know that it's damaging. We know that we have technology that's getting cheaper and cheaper to be able to produce energy in other ways. And honestly, basically the only reason that I think we should be potentially digging up any more oil is that like it's useful for the development of plastics, but again, that brings up this whole other issue, which is that plastics themselves are also really terrible for the environment, especially when you don't recycle them properly um so basically what I would say is I don't see anything wrong with bringing up oil if you're going to be um if you're gonna be using it for biodegradable plastics I'm not sure if that happens from um oil, but honestly I don't have personally I don't have a good reason we have so many different better ways um to create energy for use on earth than oil. Um we have a lot of renewable energy now. Um Alberta itself just has a ton of wind energy coming from the southern uh, from southern Alberta and there's just no I don't have a good reason other than that we have I don't have a good reason to build new oil pipelines. Like there's a lot of things that we did in the past that we don't do anymore like oh we should we should keep smoking because you know we're all addicted to it and it looks cool. Like that's not a good reason <laughs> to keep smoking. Just like you know, having oil is not a good reason to keep extracting it from the earth. It doesn't have to, we don't have to do that. There are things, other things in our environment that can give us energy that don't require pollution, like massive pollution on a massive scale. And I understand that um it's very socially and politically challenging to just shut off um like the use of oil altogether, but we definitely don't have to pump up more and more. We definitely don't have to build new pipelines to add new capacity. Like that's not a thing we need to do in Canada at all um and that's just like that's my firm stance so i don't want to go too more into that but that's pretty clear doesn't need that much background but again could use background of what kind of oil pipelines actually exist in canada how it's how that's done on to the next one which is proposition 10 so this says the federal government should give priority to visible minorities when hiring so this is kind of the affirmative action question um i'm not sure if that's if it's problematic to call it affirmative action anymore but this is basically what this is um, so if two candidates are exactly the same, except one is a visible minority, then, um, then ag- affirmative action, this this policy says that the visible minority should get um, priority, should get the job if two identical candidates are in contention for the same position. And so for background, I said that I somewhat disagree with this, but this is basically already working in the federal government. Um, I I think that the question is probably unclearly worded. Um, the question is designed, I think, to get you to agree if you, you know, are trying to be anti-racist, if you're trying to not discriminate against visible minorities, um, because I actually do think that like, I, like in the situation I described, if you are looking at two candidates and they happen to be exactly the same in every way except that one is a visible minority, I do think that that person should be given priority. But the way this question is worded, it just sounds like the federal government should give priority to visible minorities, no matter what. And I find that a little bit odd. Um, I, again, like this is kind of a touchy subject, obviously, for a lot of reasons. And (laughs) um, basically, the way that our hiring processes have been working lately at NSERC, uh, which I've been exposed to a little bit, is that a position is, is now typically posted like a, one of these broad positions that, that's trying to fill a number of different potential um, job profiles, is that a, a posting is done that is open to only um, employment equity groups. So that would be visible minorities, um, people with disabilities. Um, what's the other one? Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, you know, non-binary um, genders, those kinds of like employment equity groups. I think there are four that are recognized. By um by the federal government, and then once that employment equity pool has wrapped up, um, then another pool opens that's open to the general public, that's open to everybody, that's people that aren't in employment equity groups. And I guess I don't know if a hundred percent on this because this policy, as far as I know, just started relatively recently. But basically, the policy on this is that um when you you go through both you go through both pools, all the candidates get put into one pool at the end, but the candidates that that are from these employment equity groups that applied to this first pool are chosen first if they qualify so the the way the whole system works in government at least in NSERC um, I think it's pretty similar other places is that you're given usually a test like a written test of some kind if you pass the written test then you're given an interview and if you pass the interview then you're opened up you know you can do reference checks and all that kind of information um, language checks all that all that stuff um But that once that's done, either like the the panel decides either you qualify or you don't qualify for the position. And then once you qualify, you're placed on a list of people um, and then you you can be chosen to to be hired by whatever team is looking to hire you. And so, yeah, I assume like reasonably having worked there for for a long time now and gone through a couple of these hiring processes, the way it seems like um, this is going to happen is that you're basically going to have two lists. Um, the employment equity equity list is gonna be the one that's used first. So anyone that qualifies from that part of the pool is going to be placed at the top of the um the list for prioritization. And then everybody else that is not from employment equity groups is gonna be placed beneath. And so I think honestly this policy is is fine. Um, but this does give priority to visible minorities. In cases where um, everything else is the same or even in in the cases where it's not, because basically the position that we're in in a lot of places, I don't know if it's I don't know if that's true everywhere, but in answer for sure. in all of our pools that we run, these kind of general pools that are looking for lots of people um, is that you're effectively hiring. You're ultimately going to hire everybody who qualifies. It's just a matter of whether it takes a month or two or whether it takes like a year, basically. Um, Some pools just take a really long time to use up all the people in them. Um, when you're trying to take more than one candidate. Um, so basically, yeah, while I somewhat disagree with the idea that you should give priority over everything else to visible minorities when hiring, um, if this had more context, or if this question was specifically asking about all, like situations where all else is equal, then, um, then I would fully agree with it. I would fully support it. Um, I do have a kind of an issue just because I know, like obviously <laughs> looking out for my own self-interest as a white person, that's a, like not <laughs> accurate at all. Um, yeah, I just I don't think that we should give priority to visible minorities just for being visible minorities, because um, because that like that kind of eschews all the other things that could be positive or negative about a person. I don't think I think you, there needs to be some like you need to hit a certain merit threshold basically is is um, is my thought on like if you're you can hire somebody for whatever reason you want, uh, but they should meet the same basic you should hire a specific person over anybody else if you want um but they should meet a specific specific basic set of thresholds again that you set out beforehand so um yeah that's basically what i think there and um honestly this the way i would answer this question probably changes depending on what day of the week it is um just because like i said i'm writing this headcanon extra context to the question um in answering it and um If I wrote a different headcanon on a different day, I would probably answer it differently. So there you go. So Proposition 11 is that uh, the federal budget deficit should be reduced, even if it leads to fewer public services. Now, this is one of those questions I talked about that gives almost no context and could use just a whole bunch of context. But I do think that because of the specific way that it's worded, it is okay. I give it a pass because it's not asking for, you know, I mean, I guess it kind of is asking for more or not, but it's kind of asking it in a principles-based way. It's saying, do you believe that public services should be reduced in, in order to reduce the deficit? And clearly, if you've met me, hopefully, given all the other answers I've given to these questions, you know that my answer for this one is strongly disagree. I do not think that we should be saving money in order in the government in order to cut public services. I think the government exists to serve the public in this way, in this role. And um, yeah, that that just is what I think. And so basically, because this is a principles based question, i um, talking about reducing the federal budget deficit. I don't think that we should reduce. I think that there are ways that we could reduce the federal um, budget deficit, but I don't think that should happen through the reduction of public services. And like, I don't know, that just makes me a, a someone who is more liberal than conservative. Then congratulations, you have <laughs> correctly pegged me as a liberal person. Um, yeah, so basically, strongly disagree. I don't think we should do that. I think if we're going to try to reduce the deficit, not that reducing the deficit is a bad thing, but I think we should do it in other ways than cutting public services. Especially, there are a lot of programs that are really important to a lot of people um, on the public dole, and so I think that those should should be maintained. And if anything, those should grow. Um, and, and you know, tax the rich basically is my thought. There, they've got more than enough money. The next one I'm going to be talking about today i think is that the last one that's the last one for today okay this is the last one proposition 12 is canada should rename public spaces which are currently named after historical figures accused of racism so this question obviously it's in the vote compass um but this is mostly based i mean there's obviously a lot of discussion going on right now um about you know the public spaces and 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 canada as a whole and our history with um with racist things like the um residential schools um, that's the big one that's come up this year again, um, is the existence of residential schools and the people that were supporting them and and running them and helping to create them and all of that kind of, um, thing. And, you know, th- there are lots of things I think, I'm not even gonna try to look it up. I know there's a major street, uh, Dundas, I think that is being renamed, um, in Toronto because that guy was bad. <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything wrong with renaming things if they were named after people that were bad. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of places that were named certain things in like 1930s and 40s Germany that have since been renamed. Like, that's not a bad thing to do to examine your history. And, you know, you can put cultural information that is that is, you know, bad things that happened in your country's past in a museum. Put it in context. You don't have to name your street after it. You don't have to name your university after it. Um, So obviously, I strongly agree with this statement um, based on what I just said. And um, yeah, the other big example that just came out, obviously, is that Ryerson University is going to be renaming um, to something. They're going to form a, a, like a group to, to decide what the name is and, and presumably get input from students and former students and alumni and all that. Um, so I'll be really curious to see how that pans out. But basically what they said is we are renaming it. Um, we don't want to be called Ryerson University anymore. It's not worth being affiliated with what this person did, um, which is a lot to do with residential schools. This question I'll go back, I'll come back to for a second. It's a weird question or a weird statement because it it <laughs> it says <laughs> after historical figures accused of racism. So it's not actually calling the historical figures racist. Um, even though it's pretty clear, like if you had anything to do with residential schools, like that is that was a racist thing to do. So if you were involved with them, that makes you effectively that makes you a racist. Unless you're a person who's like literally trying to shut them down and and you know, like walked off the job because they didn't shut down. Um Like it's a racist system. If you supported a racist system, that makes you racist. Like that's just how that works. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with renaming public spaces that are renamed that are named on (laughs) named after people that did horrible things to people who like, you know, what (laughs) typically this is what happens is that white people do terrible things to non-white people. Um, and they don't deserve to have public spaces named after them in their memory. Like that's not a thing that needs to happen. There's nothing wrong with You know, correcting that historical wrong that never should have happened, and you know you can change things. Names of things can be changed, statues can be brought down. We don't have to worship um, our historical figures just because they helped build the country that we live in. We can be proud that they built the country that we live in, but very shame ashamed of the way that they did it and what they did in order to do that. Um, You can separate those two things, and you can be glad to live in a country that is the way that it is now, while not endorsing the people that created the, the, the systems that discriminated against and a lot of times killed or you know broke societies that came before them in the case of a lot of the indigenous groups that lived in Canada before um, they were colonized. Um, and so this is obviously a very complicated question, but that's really how I feel about it. And um, yeah. yeah, so that's it for this week's questions. And um, I don't really have too much else to say. So what I will say is um, we'll be coming back next week with um questions i guess 13 through 18. A lot of good ones in there. Gun control, should semi-automatic firearms be banned? That's coming next week. Um taxes for large corporations. Ooh, you know I love that one. Um oh yeah, equalization payments. Provinces paying more than their fair share to support the country. There's there's a lot of good stuff here. Um so tune in next week and we'll be doing the next six questions in the Vote Compass. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.